Good morning. I want to express my thanksgiving for the opportunity to speak words of appreciation for your pastor, but I must expose you to a disappointment. When the pastor and missus picked that card, it was skillfully done. I'm pretty sure all of them said destination. <laughs> and when they gave him a choice, the brother jumped from the hood to the rich community. Hawaii. I can't even spell that. <laughs> My disappointment. Don't cut me off yet. He said I'll go on one condition. Now I know I like to tell the Holy Spirit how to speak to me. And when he said one condition, I said, Holy Spirit. Tell him to say that I go with him. <laughs> One of us was not listening. <laughs> but this is how the spirit works to make sure I didn't come. I had to speak. Was that cold? And I just want to teach you a lesson. No matter how bad your pastor treats me, I'm going to love him. Okay. Just want to say one thing that I'm going to share that keep going in and out. new mic happened they they try to go across the track and get a mic it doesn't work on this side how's that I feel I'm back in the hood again I, I uh, officially announced this Pastor Appreciation and First Lady Day. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Let me just share some things with you um, so you have a historical understanding. Some years ago, Focus on the Family initiated the concept of Pastor Appreciation Month. I want to say, as a pastor who pastors, pastors, let me explain this way so I'm not, am I going in and out again? Okay. Let me explain it this way. As a parent, you're always giving to your children. Are you with me? And unless you have a special child, they don't think that you have needs because they acclimated towards you doing for them. 
And the same thing happens institutionally in the church environment. We are forever expecting the pastor to do for us, and we seldom do for them. And that's the birth of Pastor Appreciation uh, Month. But churches normally pick a day. And so I want to thank you. Now, I pastored some large churches, but nobody ever gave me a trip to Hawaii. Part of my objective in preaching is your pastor leave with some guilt before I'm done. <laughs> but I want to thank you for blessing your pastor. Let me ask a question before I preach. Is he really covered for Hawaii? I just want you to know I just became officially assistant pastor. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Pastor Dunn Jr., and I, <laughs> I'm about to preach to you. I want you to know God loves you. And I love my wife, too. If you don't believe me, watch me. <laughs> my wife is so embarrassed. <laughs> I'll be myself. Let me just read one scripture. I think this is the only place I ever preached at and don't feel respected. I want to read a scripture about past appreciation that I want to get in the message, okay? Okay? All right, praise the Lord. In First Thessalonians, and you have an outline with you of uh, past appreciation. It says, and now, friends, we ask you to honor those leaders, your pastor, who work so hard for you, who have been given the responsibility of urging and guiding you along in your obedience. That word is counterculture. We don't like being obedient, but that's his role. Overwhelm them with appreciation and love. And if I may ask, if you really want to say love, say it with me. Hawaii. Hawaii. You can love me too. Anyway, let's get back into the message. In John chapter 6, verses 32 through 25, we find these words, which are the premise for the word today. Jesus said to them, Verily I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Will you pause and pray with me, please? Father, we thank you for Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for the bread and manna from heaven. We thank you, Lord, because so often we thirst and we quenched our thirst with the things not of God. We 
even take in food that does not quench our soul, but massages temporarily our appetite. Now, Lord, we pray that you would let these words be like bread to our souls, that we may feed on your truth. In Jesus' name, the people of God set together. Amen. I want to enjoy the opportunity to share with you from the subject, the taste test. Some of y'all say that with me. You ready? The taste test. Praise the Lord. The taste. And now let me say this. All of us have been challenged and have taken the taste test. I want to take you back to that, and then I want to lift up how this impacts our pastor. Embedded in the historical tales of Native American folklore is the story of a grandfather speaking to his grandchild, sharing the ways of life with his child. The grandfather said to his grandchild, Son, in all of us, there are two wolves. One of the wolves, they both are gray. One is light gray and the other is dark gray. All of us harbor these two wolves. The grandson said, Daddy, Grandpa, explain, please. The grandpa said, well, let me tell you about the light gray wolf. That light gray wolf in you will grow. And as that wolf in you grow, you'll become more self-centered. You'll become more greedy. You'll become more individualized in your thinking. And everything will be based on you. You will propagate right or wrong based on what appeals to your taste buds. And the world will always be wrong and you will always be right. You will learn words well to justify yourself. That is what the light gray wolf will do. Grandpa, tell me about the dark gray wolf. The dark gray wolf will be gentle, understanding, nurturing, and caring. Cradle you when you're hurting. Encourage you when you feel like giving up. The dark gray wolf will speak words of peace into your heart and will be there when nobody else is there. Interesting, the Native American grandchild responded. Grandpa, yes, son, I have one other question. Speak and I shall respond. I need to know which wolf will grow in me. The grandpa said it depends on the one you feed. Yeah. 
That was an amen. Y'all give that baby extra baby food when this is over. I remember I don't watch TV. I remember being at a friend's house, and on the TV there was a commercial about Capital One, and I don't remember the commercial, but at the end of the commercial they asked, what's in your I just want to know who watched TV. <laughs> What's in your wallet? I have a more interesting question. My question is, what's in your mouth? What gravitates, stimulates your taste buds? I know when, before I was called... What stimulated me was a good fight, a good argument, lying. I was told as a child in New York City, a good man is able to look her in the eye and tell her that lie. And if she believes you, you cross the line. I was taught to feed the light wolf. Many of us are not aware that we've been taught and we continue to feed the light wolf and we blame everybody else. Yes, there's racism, but unless you taste it, you can't feed it. There's sexism, unless you taste it, you can't feed it. You're going to have differences in your marriage, in your home, in your life, in relationships, but unless You taste it. You can't feed it. And the problem in the religious community is too many of us have tasted the things that feed the light wolf while speaking in tongues and jumping over pews. And we don't even realize it, but we're singing the song, I get it, but I ain't got it. Y'all didn't know I can talk street, did you? Ain't got it. Man, I feel good. Can I say that again? I can get it, but I ain't got it. I get the sermon. Pastor Duran, that was a great sermon. That was good. Man, I'm so excited. And then we go in the parking lot cussing people out. On the way home, arguing with our spouse and children. I have a question. What's in your mouth? What are you tasting? Even bad food tastes good when you're hungry enough. What are you tasting? Our culture is acclimated towards giving us things that quench the light wolf. Spend all the money you have, what you have left over, give to the church. Hang out all night. You deserve the party. Not only that, sip a bud. I always thought that was a flower until I saw it on the commercial. And if you have time, go worship God. 
It's called grace. We eating and tasting the wrong things. I want to share another story with you about your pastor. Can I do that? I'm okay with doing that because he just kicked me out of Hawaii. Your pastor, like many of us, grew up. You see that sister there? She's going to wake up tonight laughing because she's just going to get it six hours later. Many of us grew up in environments and homes where we were taught to feed the light wolf. I'm going to get back to the dark wolf before I close. Feed the light wolf. I understand as I sat with your pastor, he was fed by this wolf, and he tasted it. But I want, you, I want you to hear this in a deeper way beyond the words. There were many who should have been there for him, and I'm sure many of you have this story as well. They were not there for him. There are many who have spoken words that you can do it, didn't speak at all to him. He grew up a life in isolation on his own. And like many of our children who struggled, he was simply living what he was tasting, looking to be full. But when you eat certain foods, you'll always be hungry, even when you feel full. And as a result, I understand that he was not the teacher's pet. As a result, I do believe that teachers probably breathe a sigh of relief when he didn't come into the, to the room. He was hurting because people had fed him the bread of isolation, the bread of confusion, the bread of rejection, the bread of you're not good, the bread that you are a mistake. And in response, he behaved. You see, the things we eat, I always tell people, what you put in will show up. What you put in show up. And what showed up? Disobedience in school. Hard time, giving others a hard time. He was not only kicked out, he was expelled. Not only did the environment, but the school system had given up on him. Now, I want you to know your pastor should not be your pastor. I want you to know, really, he should not even be in here. Somebody should have taken him out long ago. He didn't know it. God was covering him. You need to stay with me this morning. You need to stay with me. And what God did was time. Do y'all mind if I don't read my notes? I don't even know I write them. God want me to, but stay with me. Time after time. Y'all remember Hansel and Gretel? See, They didn't know where they were going. And so as they walked, they left what? They left what? All right. I know y'all read the story. Some people trying to act like they too old. I'm too old to know that. Come on. 
they left crumbs. And the crumbs were way, their way of finding their way back. So how God gave crumbs to Pastor Duran is he brought different people into his life. I know there's a football player named Ron who played for the Falcons, and there were others who spoke peace in his life, and they left crumbs as he went along the way. They left crumbs. They said, here's a crumb. Durant, I'm not going to call him his other name because the other name takes him back where he came from. I want you to look forward towards the cross. They left him a crumb of possibility. You can be something. They left him a crumb of positivity. Don't worry about what you've done in the past, what you're going to do in the future. They left him a crumb of hope. Listen, if nobody else believes in you, Duran, I believe in you. They left him a crumb of possibility. Listen, you may still, you may have stumbled, but you can get up. They left him a crumb that you can do it. No, I can't do it. I fell down, but you can get up. A person up can't get up. They're up already. Only when you down can you get up. Come on, walk with me. Too many of us been down. We're told we're no good. We're not, we're not bad. We're a mistake. We've been told a lot of stuff. And you come and you say, Pastor, what's up? I feel down. That's good. Because in you being down, I'm going to give you some bread to pick you up. Can he give the bread? Can your pastor give the bread? Can he give the bread? (laughs) And you know why he can give it to you? Because God sent people in his life to give it to him. And listen, let me tell you, even when you get up, it's not enough. Getting up, not enough. Because when you get up, when you're down, you come to Pastor, he's going to help you get up. But that's just the beginning. See, because I've watched Pastor Durham, I watch other pastors, and I watch folk in the church. Guess what? Satan's not worried about when you're down, he got you. He's worried about when you get up. You see, every time you get up, I don't know about you, but every time I get up, I feel a pull. You ever heard anybody say, I took two steps forward, but I did what? Take three steps back. I don't care how much you turn to God and move forward, Satan is going to try to move, push you back. But I got to move to help all of y'all. Are y'all ready? I'm not even going to charge you for this. I got a move that was going to help you every time you move forward and you don't feel a tug. Satan's messing with somebody else. When you following Christ, you're going to feel a tug, my brothers and sisters. When you feel a tug, you praise God. Satan doesn't pull on people he has. He doesn't pull on people. Satan wants you. And so every time you get up and you're ready to move, watch it. Are you with me? Are you with me? Come on, I want you to stand up because I'm going to show you how to move. Stand up. Come on, work with me. Work with me. Y'all act like y'all in a church across the street. Put your hands up. No, like this, like you're ready to fight. Put ball, ball your fists up. Ball your fists up. There's nothing wrong with that. The Bible says we're warriors. Now, every time Satan pull you back, go like that. Satan's pull you back. You know what you do? 
He said, Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to do a during. Come on. Come on. Come on. Sit down. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> oh, I got, listen. I'm so good I started like that. I can move now. Satan don't, don't mess with me anymore. I put a double D in the jury. Isn't he too much? (laughs) Can you do the during? Come on, come on, look at that. I want you to know, I want to bring this to a close. It's all about Jesus. It's about Jesus. Why do I lift up your pastor? Because Jesus worked effectively through people. And as Jesus works through your pastor, it's good to follow your pastor as he points to Jesus. Now, I want to say one other thing, and I'm going to close. Your pastor is married to a wonderful Christ-centered. Give her a hand. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, I want, can I tell you one more truth? Sometimes your pastor act up with me. Sometimes they act up. Sometimes they act up. You know, he, he remember how he was said before. It comes out every time. Look at that. And you know how I straighten them out? Let me tell you something. If you cross me one more time, I'm calling Mrs. Durham. That boy get right. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Let me say this in close. Twelve o'clock, she'll be laughing. <laughs> Let me say this in close on a deeply serious note. I want you to be conscious of who's feeding you and what you're tasting. I want you to be conscious of what you're tasting. Many of us are tasting things we have no business tasting. And we're blaming everybody else for putting in our mouth. When you are angry and when you are fussing, nobody made you do it. You put it in your mouth. I don't care what people call you. And I often teach it's not what they call you. It's what you answer to. Say that one more time. It's not what they call you. It's what? And so when you're angry, you answer to anger. When you're frustrated, you answer to frustrated. When you want to give up, you answer to giving up. When you want to walk out that door, you answer to walking out the door. Nobody put a gun to your head. You answer. Stop eating that stuff. Stop eating that stuff. Eat the word that the pastor gives you and then live that word out. You have, hear me, I pastored hundreds of pastors you have one of the best pastors I ever passed it. Give him a hand. Jesus loves you. Let me say this in close. 
many of us, I want you to hear me. This is the therapist talking, okay? I'm a therapist. I know for many of us, no matter how much the pastor preach about God loving us and what he's done on the cross, in our hearts of hearts, not all of us truly believe it. You know how I know? Because what we're tasting. See, the more we taste of Christ, the less we're angry, the less we're fighting, the less we are responding in ways. And as I teach people, when anybody, and I've told you this before, when anybody can make you do what you don't want to do, they control you. You eating what they're giving you. Walk away. Give it to Jesus. Taste it so that you may be free. Father, we thank you for Jesus Christ, for your word. We thank you for Pastor and Mrs. Duran. We thank you, Lord, that they made a choice to feed the dark wolf. We thank you for the dark wolf that reminds us of the grace of God, of the things, of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for that dark wolf, Lord, that we hunger for because that dark wolf is pointing us to the cross. Thank you for your love for this congregation. Thank you for the ministry that you've given. I pray for Kingdom Embassy that not only will people leave here differently, but this church will never be the same again. Not only this church, but this community. Not only this community, but this county. Not only this county, but this country, Lord. May we be that seed in Jesus' name. Come on, talk to me, choir. How excellent. Talk to me. How excellent. Don't give up, my brothers and sisters. How excellent. Don't give up, my brothers and sisters. You will be tempted to give up. You would be tempted to throw in the towel. You would be tempted to quit. And some of the people who are close to us will stimulate the anger and the frustration in us. Don't give up, my brothers and sisters. I want you to know that help is on the way. There's no failure in the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord, for the word. Thank you, Lord, for the truth. Thank you, Lord, there's no failure in the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord, for there's none like you.
seat. Just want to close. Before I close, first of all, thank y'all so much. You being obedient? When they're obedient, I want to be disobedient. So all that, all that academic training just goes out the window. Let me say this, and also, uh, I don't have the gift of singing. Do y'all believe that? Check it out. You ready? My wife said, no, don't do that. <laughs> I'll wait till she's not here. <laughs> but I, I love singing. I don't have the gift. Let me say this. I now want to close. I want you to greet the pastor way out. I want to encourage you. Uh, the last time I was here, uh, I want you to hear me. Hear my heart, okay? I heard the pastor say that our offering was down. No, I want you to hear my heart. It's not about the money, it's about our heart. Because when we give God our leftovers, we're tasting the wrong stuff. See, we can raise our hands and say hallelujah. I haven't seen anybody jump over the pews, but in the holiness church, I can still jump. <laughs> but there are people jumping who's not giving God anything but their leftovers. Are y'all with me? My prayer is that um, on the way out, we would give God our tithes and our offerings, our praise. And if you have not tasted God, this is a nice time to start tasting. Don't do it this Sunday. Do it every Sunday. Change the life. And every now and then you see me here, I just want you to talk to me. I've been eating the right bread now. I got a different taste in my mouth. See, when you got the different taste, you remember that groove we did with the right taste from the Kosei's? Some of y'all still going like that. You got the wrong bread. <laughs> Taste it. Let me say this. It's a joy. Hear me. It's a joy. I love my wife. And when I give to her, I'm excited. You hear what I'm saying? When I give to her, I'm excited. I love you. When I preach, I'm excited. I want you to know I've been preaching almost 40 years. I've never preached a pastor appreciation before. But I'm excited. Let our excitement show in our tithes and offerings, and let it show in our love for each other. Amen? So I want to pray, and then we're going to close. And um, please greet the pastor and the minister. And thank you all for how you all took care of your pastor. Give yourselves a hand.
thank you for how next year you're sending me to Hawaii. Give yourself a hand. <laughs> let's, let's pray. You're good. Come on, stand up with me. Let, let's pray. Let's close. <laughs> you know, I'm like a beggar. You know, nobody's getting it, though. <laughs> Let me say this on a serious note. I'm just playing. I don't want anybody to go to the finance committee and say, let's send Dr. Abbiati. Don't do that. I'm just playing. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Jesus Christ, for your love. We thank you for your word. I thank you for the anointing that you put on Pastor Duran and Mrs. Duran. I thank you, Lord, that even though they taste bread from the light wolf, they understand and receive bread from the dark wolf. And they understand what it is to struggle to be down, to be out, to be kicked out, to kick around. They understand that, Lord, because of what they've been through. But in when they had gone through it, you brought them out. And, Lord, I pray you would use them through the preaching of the word, through the teaching in their lives to be there when others are struggling. Thank you for this wonderful congregation. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to preach, teach, and to walk with your word. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. And the people of God said together, hey, God bless you, everybody.